young man is going to be preaching today. He'd been away from God for many years and uh, got into all kinds of troubles. And God rescued him, brought him back. He's going to speak on a subject that's old school. Not a subject that everybody wants to hear today. And the chances are when you hear an old school subject, you think it doesn't matter anymore. But I can assure you this subject matters more today. Because if you could live this way and be obedient this way to the Lord, the blessing upon you is amazing. So I'm going to ask Michael Strachan to come to the platform. I know the voice is dodgy, but bring your dodgy voice up. I want you to introduce Stephen and pray a blessing on him as we prepare to receive the Word of God. Is it getting any better, Michael? Do you know what? We've got a new microphone. It even picks up whispers. Okay. I'll do my best. How are you doing, guys? As you know, I've, well, some of you may know, but I've had a bit of a voice problem for the last six months, so that's why I've not been convening or preaching. So my vocal cords have swollen up. Thankfully, it's on the mend, so I'll get there eventually. But Stephen, on you come, I'll pray for you. Let's welcome Stephen, guys. Right, guys, let's just stretch your hands out to Stephen and just pray for him. Father, we just want to pray a blessing for Stephen this morning, Lord. Just the, the words that he's prepared, Father, we know what's on his heart, and we just ask, Lord, that this morning you'll just let the flow of the Spirit come and impact every one of us. Just that somehow you'll impart the knowledge into Stephen that the words that he shares will just change our lives forever, Father. And we just pray a blessing upon him. We just, we're chanting for him, we're cheering for him, and we just know that this word's going to encourage us and change us, Father. Let's just give it up for Stephen, guys. Good morning. Oh, yeah, boy. That's on your mic. I play football with Michael on a Sunday, and he's a passionate footballer. I think that's where his voice got lost, shouting at the opposing team. <laughs> Feel the passion, but uh, uh, good to see you all this morning. Uh, who was here on Friday? Incredible night. So, so much credit to Tim for putting that on, and to think that 34 young people gave their lives to Jesus, and we're going to talk about some of that stuff today. Um, but I would ask that you kept those young guys in your prayers, because we know that um, Satan can come along and pick away at that seed that's been planted, and we want to see them keep coming on a Friday, and we need your help and support. So if we could commit time for praying for these young guys, it would be um, an incredible blessing to them. Uh, this morning I'm going to speak on a call to holy living, and sometimes you doubt yourself when you're preaching, is this the right word that God wants me to speak on? And um, George sings that song, there we go. and he mentions the lyrics, holy, 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 and I have just soaked my shirt with that bottle of water, <laughs> never mind. And so, it's holy water, <laughs> it's holy water. yeah, so um, holiness um, seems an overwhelming topic that how can anyone even preach on such a subject when we're speaking of the holiness of God? And uh, when you study the word holiness, you might think of like good moral conduct and purity and abstaining from things, and that's how we become holy. But the word, if we mentioned, asked what the word righteous meant, you would probably begin to say all the same things. So holiness, um, when you look into it, can come across 
be explained a little bit differently. And um, basically what holiness means is to be set apart or separate from. And the Hebrew word for holy is kodesh, and it means apartness, set-apartness, separateness, and sacredness. And in the New Testament, the word for holy is agios, and it means set-apart, reverend, sacred, and worthy of religious zeal. Uh, agios is spelled with a H and pronounced silently. Kind of reminds me of haggis. I've always thought haggis is a sacred food, so there you go. Maybe that's where it comes from. So, <laughs> so uh, we know that God has many attributes, um, and as we do as well, you might be a, a, a mother and a sister and an auntie and a wife, husband, father, uncle, whatever your wife calls you when you don't put the dishes away. I all have many attributes, and um, God does as well. He has many attributes such as love, he's merciful, he's patient, he's kind, and he's compassionate, powerful, healing, victorious, and the list goes on and on. And of all the attributes of God that is mentioned, there's only one that's mentioned three times, and that's his predominant attribute, which is he is holy, holy, holy. And we sang about that uh, just a while ago, and that wasn't coordinated, so well done, George, for getting that one. <laughs> um, when something was extremely important to the Jewish people, they would say it twice. And Jesus says in the Bible, the expression when he uses the word verily, he says it twice, verily, verily. And when it's somebody's name, it signifies a great intimacy. And again, in the Old Testament, God speaks and he, calls, he says, Moses, Moses. And when Jesus speaks to Saul, who's persecuting the Christians, he says, Saul, Saul. And uh, in our house, when the kettle goes on, you hear the name, Stephen, Stephen. Where is my cup of tea? <laughs> so for something to be mentioned three times, it is way off the scale of importance in Jewish culture. And that is why of all the attributes, God is holy, holy, holy. And you can read these verses in the Bible, which is Isaiah 6, verse 3, and Revelation 4, verse 8, where God is referred to as holy, holy, holy. And we know that God calls his people also to be holy. Uh, 1 Peter 1.16 says, For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. And as I said, the word holy would imply a moral purity, um, but it's not the first and foremost um, what Scripture's talking about and uh, the most basic of the word, which might help us in our walk with God, is to understand that it's to be set apart or dedicated to God. And he says, Leviticus 26, 12 says, I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. And God called the Israelites to be set apart from the other nations. And in doing this, he gave them guidelines. Who likes guidelines and rules? They keep us on the straight and narrow. And he did that for the Israelites so it would set them apart from everybody else. And these were, of course, 
the Ten Commandments. And there was a strict requirement to obey these commandments. If you were going to be my people and walk under um, and the blessings of God and the power of God, there has to be guidelines put in place. So he called them to obey that. And if they, as we read in the Old Testament, there's times when they didn't obey and there was um, judgment and punishment for such things. And then when we've accepted Jesus Christ as our saviour, We've become his, and we were bought at a high price, as we'll read in a few moments, which is the blood of Jesus Christ, and this is the moment that we became Christians. And a Christian is not just somebody who believes in Jesus, it's much deeper than that. A Christian is a a disciple, somebody who follows Jesus, listens to Jesus, listens to his voice, and imitates his character. It is not... Um, just turning up to church on a Sunday and putting some money in the offering and singing some songs of worship. Christianity goes much deeper. And if we want to be known as a child of God, we have to uh, understand what the, how the Bible teaches us to be and not take it as a, uh, not take it lightly. So, um, the consequences to getting this wrong are huge because. The reality is that we're here only a short while um, on this earth, and we have uh, Jesus gives us a, a, a warning that the the gate is narrow, and the road the road that leads to life uh, only a few will find it. So there's a warning there for all of us to make sure that we are living a life that is pleasing to God uh, and. We will, again, go further into that. Um, So we're not simply just to come to the cross. When we raise our hands to an altar call, it doesn't stop there. We're to go beyond the cross and let the Holy Spirit start to work in our lives and start to change us and start to work in us as God brings us to um, a, a better place. He would take us away from our old lifestyle and make us perfect eventually when we get to stand before him. So... Um, God's made a way for us to do that. It's very simple. There's things that we can do to learn and to, to grow. And um, Peter, in 1 Peter verse 13 to 25, uh, gives us a, a good understanding of what that is. And it's titled, A Call to Holy Living. And it says... So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. You must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in the land. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. 
It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart, for you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from eternal, the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. So Peter pretty much spells it out. There's uh, golden nuggets in there, if you like. And we're going to have a look at some of them. And the first thing that Peter says is, think clearly. Basically, be alert mentally and spiritually because the return of Jesus is imminent and we have to focus on our relationship with Jesus. We know that he's coming back for the faithful, the righteous, and the genuine believers. And it's easy to get caught up in the ways of the world. We're surrounded by it these days. Yesterday we went to Edinburgh and um, to enjoy the festival and the moment I got off the train there was guys standing all dressed in makeup and then we went up to the to the um, small market area to show Amelia around and stuff and then there was all the palm readers, tables and tables and tables of palm readers and spiritualists and wow we need to be alert and thinking clearly to stuff that we get involved in. Facebook is a place for us to learn everyone's business and some of the things that people like on Facebook and share is completely inappropriate and really doesn't measure up to what God's calling us to a place of holiness and we need to analyze where we are. Are we separate and set apart from the world or are we in many areas just like one of the crowd and that's the importance of reading the Bible is that we can um, be convicted and taught and become aware, which we'll look at. Um, the second thing Peter says is to exercise self-control, to be disciplined. What causes us to stumble or fall? and What's our weaknesses and the things that pull us back and prevent us from being set apart from God? Because we were called to be in the world, but not of it. And we've not to slip back into our old ways of living. We've no excuses, Peter says there. And Proverbs 26, verse 11 says, As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Basically, we have moved away from a lifestyle that was displeasing to God, and we get saved and we receive His grace and forgiveness, but are we allowing ourselves to move, slip back into areas where we are weakened? The kind of things um, that cause us to fall into sin. Maybe it's stuff you watch on the television 
inappropriate material that can lead us to start lusting, inappropriate stuff that can lead us to maybe speak um, in, a, in a, a, maybe a negative way. And Jesus is very, very strict on sin, as we read in the Old Testament. And um, he tells us in Matthew 18, verse 8, So if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better to enter eternal life with only one hand or one foot than to be thrown into eternal fire with both of your hands and feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. There's some scriptures should be taken literally and some that shouldn't. So please don't go and look for your bow saw in the shed on the way home and cut off your hand. Or gouge out your eye because Jesus is not asking us to do such a thing. What Jesus is telling us that we should be doing is to cut off the stumbling blocks that cause us to sin. And it could be a relationship with somebody. Perhaps you're a Christian, you've been coming along, but you're not married. And maybe you, people are being involved in relationships that are not morally right. Um, God calls us to wait and keep ourselves for the one that he's chosen us to be with. And if we start um, abusing the gift of um, sex that God's given for a marriage, a married couple, um, God's saying in that scripture to cut it off. It is not healthy for your walk with God. In fact, it can't be, we can't have both. We can't have God and live that kind of lifestyle. Maybe it's hanging about with friends and the peer pressure of drinking and and drugs and all the kind of stuff that we experience growing up. Maybe you're a Christian here on a Sunday, but out of church we are mingling with the crowd. And what God is saying is cut off that thing that is going to become a stumbling block, the thing that's stopping you from being set apart and dedicated to God. Um, perhaps it's activities that leads to sin as well. I'll let you use your imagination to how Jesus is speaking to us through that verse. He's, there's a, a, it's very important for us as Christians to be willing to be corrected and to be teachable and to be humble. And some people don't like that. They don't like to be told what's good for them. Um, but we should be um, honored that somebody would communicate to us out of love and say, that is wrong what you're doing. It's biblically wrong, so I'm telling you from a biblical point of view that God loves you and doesn't want you to be living your life the way that some people might be living it. So we should be honored and thankful to God that we can be convicted and challenged through his word, but we also have leaders and pastors who will convict us and bring us to a place of repentance and humility. I had to go through it many times sat in Jimmy's office and been spoke to things and realized that I was wrong and maybe my actions or my thoughts but God's trying to help us to grow if we want if we want to be um, used by God we have to go through a process 
that strips some stuff off of us, and that's how he does it. And it can be very, very uncomfortable. It can be very hard. Sometimes we can be very bitter when people tell us things that we don't want to hear, but we have to understand that God's calling us to be holy and to be dedicated and set apart, and that requires letting some stuff go that is not healthy and cannot be around um, a relationship with Jesus Christ. The next thing that Peter says is obedience. We must live as God's obedient children, and we learn obedience when we study our Bibles. I think I've said that on every point. Uh, God's written everything out for us. Um, and in this country, we are extremely privileged to have Bibles and the freedom to read them. We are aware of that. We are extremely privileged to be able to walk into church holding a Bible uncovered in our hands, not a problem. And there's some countries where they are. People have to smuggle them in. And we've got this privilege of having them in our homes and in our churches. If you go to some hotels, they're in the, the drawer, the the New Testament and in the hospitals, the Gideons and stuff like that. Such a privileged nation to have that. And um, we can learn obedience through reading it. Um, but the big question is, do we take the time to study the Bible? And do we allow it to teach us, stretch us, and correct us? Um, and we can read in other verses that the Word of God is like a surgeon's knife that cuts through everything. And um, when we read the Bible, we're learning and we're being convicted of bad habits and sin in our lives that we might too become aware of or desensitized to. And I've had a, a, a situation at work with a couple of people and um, there's been a little bit of talk going back and forward amongst everyone. And, you know, I'm Christian and, and read my Bible and stuff, but I was reading Proverbs and just one little proverb about a gossiping tongue struck me so hard and I thought, wow. You know, I wasn't necessarily gossiping, but maybe we were all saying too much. And I was convicted there in and in the spot. And uh, even in whatever stage of our walk with God, this, the Bible has the power to correct us there and then. But we have to be making time to read it and being willing to study it. Um, the fourth thing that Peter talks about is a, a reverent fear of God, which is a healthy respect of a believer for the Almighty God. And in verse 17, uh, Peter tells us that the whole earth will be judged and that we should not ignore God or treat him casually. And uh, we should not assume that um, because we're children of God, that we have a, a privileged freedom to do whatever we like. Um, and Peter's very, very um, specific on that, uh, that we should be grateful children who show a love and respect for our Heavenly Father. It goes on to say that, or Jesus says that the, the wages of sin is death. And I know that we don't like to talk about this kind of stuff because it can be quite intense. But we're going to be judged for our actions in this life and also rewarded as well. And that's another sermon for another day and maybe another person to preach it. But we're going to be judged. And God has called us to be set apart from the ways of this world because he loves us and we call ourselves his children, that, but sometimes we get so focused on 
this world and this earth and life as it is just now. I know what it's like when you get up in the morning. I've only got one child. I know some of you have got several more and life takes over and you get up and you're just about to put the kettle on and you hear, Stephen, Stephen. <laughs> it's usually a glass of water to be fair. But And then I've got a, a, your, the daughter, my daughter who wants this on and then she wants Pat on and then she wants Sean the sheep on and you're trying to make time to read, you're trying to sit down, you just got up with the intentions for half an hour to eat your breakfast, have a coffee or two and read your Bible and circumstances with children don't let you get that time. Then you head out that door and life just takes over and before we know it, all these days have passed and we feel that we've not been so dedicated and set apart in our uh, obedience to reading, uh, writing, reading sorry, our Bibles, maybe you're right, reading writing a Bible, I don't know. But. <laughs> so, but God, there's a, there's a judgment that awaits at the end of that. And we can't take our focus off this. We have to be aware that that is going to take place. And um, maybe the band could just come back up uh, just now, that would be great. And uh, so there's a, a, a judgment that's going to take place. And we can either be rewarded or judged. And basically, a judgment is a separation from God. It's um, hell is separation from what we know just now, everything around us, the, the light and the fresh air that we, we can enjoy is, is the, the glory and the beauty of God. And then hell is a separation from that. It's for those who reject the gospel, don't want to hear it, or there'll be many who claim to know the gospel in Jesus, but will be turned away. And Jesus talks about the, the worm and hell that, that never, never dies. It, and people could see that that is something that's there to torment us and to basically, um, it, it is what it's written. But other people say that it could be your conscience or a person who may suffer in hell's conscience, that they heard the gospel so many times and they'll be aware of that in a place of suffering that they never acted upon it. And week after week, a different preacher got up and brought a word, and we never applied it and didn't realize that God was speaking to us through that. And Jesus is telling us in those verses that we'll always remember, or those who suffer will always remember why they're there. And there's a, there's a, so many people preach on the, the judgment and the, and they want to go on about the scriptures and so often the Father's love is completely forgotten about. But God has called each one of us to live a, a life that is pleasing to him. He's put guidelines in place for each one of us so that we can avoid that suffering and we can um, boldly proclaim and know that we are saved through Jesus Christ. And sometimes life just, things creep in and I was working this week on a central heating system and it has to have been, without a doubt, the, the, the dirtiest heating system I've ever seen. And from the outside, it looks like any other heating system. You've got the boiler and the cylinder and the pipe work and everything looks fine. But it's an old-fashioned setup and it's a basic, it's called a primatic cylinder. And the central heating water and the domestic hot water are only separated by an air bubble. And if that air bubble bursts and the water's mix, it's not going to be very nice. So for that reason, we can't put chemicals in that treat the radiators. And so over the years, over the years, 
the system sludges up and gets black and gets unhealthy, but nobody can see that that's happening or taking place because it's all inside the pipework in the system. And we drained it and started to cut the pipe. And the first pipe I cut, usually you get water, it can be brown, it can be a murky color, sometimes a little bit black. But I hadn't even cut through the pipe and this black sludge started spraying out. I've never seen anything like it. Started coming out, my hands were covered. It's the first pipe I'd cut, the first, um, first 10 minutes of starting the job. And here we are covered in this, almost like oil. It's exactly, it was like I'd stuck my hands in a base, basin of oil. And to the outside, it looked like a normal heating system. We'd come across the normal stuff, but it was so sludged up and disgusting. And I think that sometimes we can look all right on the outside in our walk with God, but over the years, maybe some stuff's crept in. When God says, cut some stuff off and cut our hand off and gouge it, all right, what about our tongues? Do we speak bitter? Are we bitter? Do we gossip? Do we badmouth? This is the kind of stuff that God is asking us to set ourselves away from so that we can be called holy and one of his children. And, and you can, again, read about that in 1 Peter 1, verse 13 um, to 25. And I'm just going to let George play um, Jesus paid it all. And maybe we can focus on that, that, what, that Jesus bought us with his blood. I know it can become too familiar. We speak about it often, but to really press in. And like those young guys did on Friday, 34, who made a decision to be set apart and dedicated to God, even at a young age, to say, Do you know what? What that guy preached, his testimony and his story, I actually want to be like that guy. And maybe some of us in here, God's calling you and saying, It's time for you to be set apart. When I was 25 I got saved and it was it was an incredible moment where I really felt heard the voice of God saying you've been away for too long and it's time to come back and these butterflies spun round and round in my stomach and I knew that I was hearing the voice of God and to confirm it my parents who shouted up the stairs had never asked me to go to church since I was 12 I think because I, I wouldn't have went shouted up in that moment and said that we're going to go to church do you want to come and uh, life was a, 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 an instant change for me the swearing stopped and all the other things that you would normally participate in and um, being a part of the world came to an abrupt end and people friends of mine disowned me they, they, they wouldn't come to my wedding stuff like that and it's not easy being called a, to be set apart it's not easy to be called to be holy it requires living a life that people aren't happy with you become the boring one who won't drink or participate in all this kind of stuff people won't any longer want you to be associated with them because you've gone all strange and Peter says that, that it's hard it's hard work and we have to press in and push through and be determined but what the rewards that God has for the faithful who hang on and press through and become dedicated to him. So maybe this morning you want to ask yourself, where am I in my walk with God? Do I stand out as being dedicated and set apart in the way that I speak to people, the way that I am with other Christians and believers and in our lifestyles as well? And George, if you could just lead us in that song, Jesus, 
paid it all. I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us and challenge us this morning. Thanks very much.